Welcome to Dress to Kill, your favorite fashion in action movie podcast. Today is our Valentine's Day special, all about sex and lingerie. You might not yet know that our Elma is a lingerie designer and an incredible, talented craftswoman. In this episode, Elma guides us through the history and evolution of lingerie and its best moments through time in the Bond franchise. We also discuss how sex scenes in media affect us socially and our dreams for the future of sex in film and television. Let us know what you think and your favorite Bond woman lingerie moments, and see pictures of our mentions on our Instagram at dressed to kill pod. We hope this episode enlightens you, empowers you, and delights you. Enjoy! Happy Valentine's Day and Happy Chinese New Year. Today, we are talking about all things lingerie and love and sex and sexy and Mm -hmm. lacy and silky and beautiful because in honor of Valentine's Day. Sorry, Chinese New Year. Valentine's Day was more exciting clothing-wise for Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Clothing-wise. Yeah, for Bond, exactly. For Bond, yeah. Um, and today, since we're talking about lingerie, Elma is going to kind of take the reins. Elma, if you guys don't know, is a lingerie designer. She hand makes <laughs> lingerie in her business. Oh, Elma, what is the website? Elma Shop? Or is that the old yes, website? Yes, ElmaShop.co. Elma, ElmaShop.co. Yeah. And her Instagram is at Elma Lingerie. Please yes. check her out and take <laughs> it away, Lou. I think we're getting a bit of a history lesson, right? Yeah, so I I thought it'd be interesting or fun, at least for me, to talk about kind of the history of lingerie through the lens of the Bond movies, because, you know, it it. is the longest running franchise of movies. And the first one was in in 1962. And, you know, the new the latest one is supposed to come out this year in 2020. So sorry, 2021. (laughs) Um, But so it's I thought it'd be cool to kind of look at how lingerie has evolved. And, you know, um, in the Bond movies, fashion is such a big element. Like Mm -hmm. it's always you want to they always pay attention to either something that's timeless and classy or something that's trendy and progressive. And so I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to kind of look at how lingerie has evolved over time. Oh my God, I am so, ex- it's not just you. I am so excited <laughs> to hear this. I'm, I want to gush over lingerie. Love. Me too. I mean, obviously I love it. And I, <laughs> I, I love lingerie so much because it's such a personal piece of clothing. Like it's, it's something most people won't see you wearing, you know? So it's really just about your relationship to the, to the garment itself and how it makes you feel. And, and that's why I started designing lingerie. It's because well, first of all, there was nothing out there that fit me that I wanted to wear as a petite chested person. But um, but it was really like I wanted stuff that f- was comfortable, but didn't um, didn't sacrifice beauty for it. You know, and you wanted yeah. you 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 want to feel beautiful and confident, not only um, because of the way it looks, but because of something that just feels like second skinned and that um, that is comfortable to wear. And I think that's when it's the most empowering. Right. Absolutely. So, I feel like we have a wave right now, like starting from maybe the past decade, where we're having so much more inclusivity in in body sizing with clothing and yes. something like lingerie. It's like so it's diverse. So, yeah. And it's so specific. Like you can't just get a media. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know? Oh, what yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Lingerie. So like that inclusivity is so vital, especially for this garment that, like you're saying, is so 
personal. It's about how you see yourself and making yourself or allowing yourself to feel beautiful and sexy and empowered in your body, loving your body. Like it so matters. I see your brand as one of the, the brands that's really been leading this charge, like at the front line of including bodies and not just being like this will fit you pretty much but like this is gonna make you feel fantastic look fantastic do what laundry is meant to do but for your individual body too oh thank you yes Lou I feel fantastic in your laundry I'm also an itty bitty titty committee yes (laughs) and proud yeah, um, same. And I love, I just love seeing what you do and, and all the different brands that are including inclusivity in all the other ways, all the other different sizes. Um, clearly your specialty is petite, but I'm so, I'm so I'm proud of you and I'm happy and I love to watch it. And <laughs> that's why I'm like, please hawk your brand. People go and see. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So bringing it back to Bond, it. Eee. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe we can start just a little brief history, even before the Bond movies, because, you know, lingerie has existed for ever, for a long time. Undergarments, obviously, I was just going to say, like, ever? How long? You tell yeah. me. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, I, don't, I don't know exactly, but, you know, um, but if I think about, like, in the last hundred years, um, so, like, 1920s till now, oh. it has evolved so much, like... Mm. Uh, from from the types of textiles that have been developed you know there's always new synthetic um fibers being um that have been invented over Wait, textiles are like the like the fabric the fabric yeah okay um <laughs> so that would include like you know what you typically think of as um lingerie materials like lace and silk which mm. has existed for so you know hundreds and hundreds of years but but if you think about um you know, in the 70s and 80s, when synthetic fibers were starting to become more popular, how that has shifted, um, like, hugely how lingerie is designed and made and worn. And and all of that affects what you wear on the outside, too. You know, how how, yeah. how your um, body is, how, um, what do you call it? Like the shapewear that you wear underneath your garments kind of dictate how things lay on top of it. So yeah. it all kind of goes hand in hand. And if you start... Um, from let's say the 20s uh, the silhouettes were all um, a lot of loose silhouettes that you can easily pull on and then you tie them with ribbon closed like you had mm. a lot more tie strings that as closures you know to make it fitted to your body um, gosh imagine how long you, it used to take to get dressed <laughs> oh yeah yeah for I real. really take that for granted <laughs> I mean, even now, like I think about, you know, when you're like getting dressed in a full on lingerie um, set, you know, if Mm. you want to put your garters and stockings and all the fitting, all the fixings together, it's a process. And obviously back then you were wearing corsets and um, had all kinds of layers, hundreds of layers of fabric and things (laughs) and bustles and uh, like everything else to wear. So it was like it was way more intense. Like when you watch, I don't know if you've seen Downton Abbey much, but I've seen some Bridgerton and I know the era of costumes from Downton Abbey. Right. Yeah. So the, my favorite part, like my favorite parts in that show would be when they're getting dressed 
and of course they, they would have be. like oh my god <laughs> yeah <well>. right <laughs> they and they have like their their butlers or their handmaidens to like help them get into the out into their lingerie and their clothes and everything and getting right. dressed but those those moments it's like wow it's it's a lot of work to get dressed i mean they need a helper but yes. but also just to see how the lingerie closures work how um how it's you know lacing up versus like just pulling on um that you'd you know like pulling on a bra over your head these days it's really fascinating so so yeah the 20s um had a lot of baby doll silhouettes and um a-line and you kind of imagine you know like silky slips with lace applique detail Mm. as um uh, stuff that you'd see back then and it was like the opposite of the 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 corset they're like now that we're not wearing corsets exactly just be as full as possible free yeah (laughs) like let it wave around see and that all dictates like how you know the flapper style dressing and everything Mm -hmm. or not i I don't know it's like which one came first it's like the dresses kind of transformed the way that we wear the undergarments i'm not sure but it all goes together so an interesting detail that i read once about um lingerie in the 20s was they would wear you know their little garters um like thigh garters and hold up stockings and would hide their flasks like their liquor flasks in there during prohibition era yes <laughs> and, wait yeah, I thought that... is this the origin of the like hiding something in your garter well i guess maybe not Ooh, maybe not but it could the be origin of I alcohol mean... in your garter probably yeah <laughs> yeah probably that yeah <laughs> Anyway, I thought that was cute. Yeah, it's funny. like, okay, it functions, I mean, more than holding your holding your underwear up, but holding your liquor in there. <laughs> so wait, a um, garter back in the mm-hmm. day would have been worn to like attach your stockings to? Yes. So like you could wear, okay, maybe I'm not using the right words. What's just the one that goes around your belly? <laughs> that is a garter. They're also both garters, the, the thigh yeah, and also- the belly. Yeah, like the one that you imagine at like weddings, the one that you throw, yeah. you know, that that is also garter. Um, okay. Yeah, they're both garters. It's like and for the same purpose. Su- suspenders uh, uh, for you UK folks. I know they're also <laughs> called suspenders. Um, but yeah, so that and in, you know, in the 30s, um, silhouettes shifted a little, a little bit. Um, but it, it for the most part, the technology technological advancement wasn't as vast as you'd see like later in the 70s and 80s right but so so bras were still um you know you used a lot of buttons and um and tie backs as as the closures but in 1935 what i thought was interesting is warner brothers was actually a corset they made underwear they made it was a corset company and they are the ones Whoa. that introduced <laughs> i know talk about pivoting oh my business. god and also like appropriate to our podcast <laughs> right yeah <laughs> movies and lingerie um but they are the ones um that are responsible for introducing the standardized bra sizing so a cup what? a b c d cups yeah kind I'm of crazy shocked <laughs> okay yeah, which is like I wonder how laundry sizing worked before then. Like it was yeah, everything. Where is the just... documentary on all of this? This specific probably niche? on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I should Google before I speak. <laughs> no, I, I'm just saying. Like, no, you're right. I, 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 I want to check this out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely zero sarcasm. And if you find it, let's watch it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And same. I'll tell you if I find it. <clears throat> Perfect. 
but yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, so, oh, and then one more thing I want to mention is, um, in the, in the four, I think it was in the forties, the first G string was, yeah, introduced 1946, I think, um, hold on, I'm looking at my notes. Oh, engineer Louis Rayard (laughs) scandalizes Paris with G string bikini bathing suit. (gasps) Um, so that seems that must've been like the first time they saw it, which I thought was interesting. Dude, I read or maybe listened to, or maybe watched, unsure, some form of journalism I consumed about the (laughs) G-string that said why it was initially called G. Oh, wait. Don't remember. Um, I posted this. Oh, did you? Maybe I heard it from (laughs) you. (laughs) Unless you... (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I have this, like, little fashion dictionary, and in Mm -hmm. it, it has, like, descriptions of, like, like, little history lessons, but on the G-string page, it said it was for groin string, and I'm like, oh, God, that's the most... Like, you could have come up with a cuter name. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes. You know what? I did learn this from you. Oh my gosh, I am now remembering. <laughs> Full circle. I love you know, it. It's funny that we're covering this episode now because purely by coincidence, I started watching there's a series right I believe right now it's on Oh gosh, I think it's on HBO Max. It might be on Hulu. I think it's HBO Max. That's about um fashion history basically, but it's like a short <gasps> like four episode series, but it's about like fashion and culture, like clothing and culture in America specifically. Ooh. Yeah, I just started watching, so I was going to wait to recommend just in case, but so far it's fantastic, so I can recommend. Um, awesome. I can't wait to check it out. It's called something really basic, too. I think it's like CNN or something made it. It's like American fashion culture or something. <laughs> Super basic. <laughs> Very descriptive. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in the first couple episodes, we've just gotten up through into like the 1950s. I think it's teasing the next episode is the 60s, but they were talking a lot about I don't want to jump the gun if you're trying to stay in in the 30s. No, tell me. But what I found most interesting, most pertinent to what we're talking about is how when the war happened, um, people needed to uh, limit their what they were consuming and and uh, Mm -hmm. what's the word redistribute what they're consuming so that it can go toward the war effort. So like, for example, women were recommended to turn in their nylons and donate them to the war effort and not wear nylons and then you get that whole yeah and that's that's where it started because i think they 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 said in the doc i believe they used the nylons to hold it was some kind of powder like maybe it was gunpowder or something oh um, wow that like had some you know war usage and um and that's when you get the i don't know if if listeners at home have heard that there was a I don't know if trend is the right word even, but there was a trend for a while where women were just drawing a line, like a seam down the back of their legs. Yes. Yeah, it was oh. because of that. It was because it was like, it was, uh, we'll say like a socially recommended. Like I think it it would probably, depending on your in um, society, look bad if you were still wearing your um, garments when the war needed yeah. them. So, yeah. um, so there was a bit of social pressure that, even though some people might want to have their stockings that they should be donating them. So draw that line if you want to fake it uh, and things That's like that. F- yeah. And a lot of different things about like yeah. what, what I hadn't considered in such depth was that how, how limited it was like the rations of fabric because people at the time yes. were still so frequently sewing their own clothes or had maybe one 
had their clothes sewn for them like made for them they weren't like necessarily going out and buying them in stores your average person and or at least yeah during world war ii um and that like one of the speakers i think it might have even been tim gunn because he's in there mm-hmm. um said awesome. something like we people had to cut back on so many things they had to cut back on like pockets like this is one yes. of the reasons women's car- right. garments didn't have pockets and one of the reasons like you know how we always talk about the like safari flap on breast pockets uh-huh. and stuff that like i hugely love um, yeah. that like they cut out any kind of flaps that would happen any like the slightest bit of excess material was like gone done we cannot afford that and like also kind of socially like if you could find a way to, to ration extra fabric like fuck you if you're wearing that you know like it should go to our exactly. boys in blue to like or gosh i'm just making that up isn't boys in blue police <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oops <laughs> it should go to the war effort to help them win um my analogies when it comes to these like really masculine topics are like none i don't <laughs> but you get no, what i'm I saying love, i love that you brought that up because it kind of relates to um even costume history in, right, in right. film and they talk about because, that too but please yeah. i want to hear your bit first because <laughs> <laughs> i um i'm a huge fan of edith head one of the most famous mm-hmm. and prolific costume designers yes to ever have lived and dude we should do a whole episode on her she's oh we should she's yeah fantastic so much and so many oscars so much she's has so much work under her belt and she's like innovated Um, and created the big costume designers have really advanced clothing yeah or like at least like how culture uh, adopts fashion right yeah so um so she talks about in her bio on in her autobiography about how in the 40s once the war hit it's you know they had to uh, cut down on making like ball gowns and yeah. you had to make so it's like all uh, you had to get rid of like you were saying um, ration all the fabric that was used for like full skirts and stuff and yeah. silhouettes got simpler and you know you you can imagine like 1940s style slightly um, less like floor length hemlines so like more like T length and um, <gasps> simpler simpler shapes in terms of like less pleats you know they didn't have a lot of pleating all of those things um and you see that directly in in the in the movies too even when they're supposed to be like glamorous and things like you right it was everywhere yeah totally and and after and what's also fascinating is like after that the the shift completely went the other direction and in the 50s and 60s you started getting you know people started to spend more on fashion and be again a little bit more frivolous and right and, and that's when the height of couture the golden age of couture kind of came in is like when we can be extravagant again in the way we dress yes. um and and so that brings us then to the 1960s when james bond the first bond movie was 1962 dr no and you actually don't see like a lot of lingerie in that movie but you have one of the most iconic bikini moments and that is on Ursula Andress coming out of the water um wearing the white bikini with the knife on her belt and that yeah (laughs) I know iconic for real but that was a um to describe it it's like a bra shaped bikini top with a little tie in the front um a low rise low rise bottom with a knife around her uh, belt and the knife around her hip and that 
was designed by the costume designer, but also in hand with Ursula Andress, um, the Ooh. actress herself, where they were kind of like, oh, let's try it this way. This looks good. And then had some alterations made. And boom, is like one of the most iconic bikinis ever. <laughs> you know, it makes more sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. It yeah. makes more sense in the um, context of this talking also why it was so iconic because bikinis were still like shocking at the time. Mm-hmm. So to have such an epically like that moment where she comes out of the water, the focus is on sh- what she's wearing. Mm-hmm. Look at this image, this spectacle of this woman being a badass in a bikini and a white bikini. Like every <laughs> layer of it was like, oh my God. And you can imagine I mean, I just think having the context helps me to see even further how how it became as iconic as it became. That yeah, that's true. Because you really like, didn't see that you anywhere you, else, for sure. And you mentioned white bikini. Like I never really thought so much about the color, but you're right. Like when you think about swim, you know, they call it swim costumes, swimwear at the time. I think a lot of it was. Um, like color and and pattern was a big part of it Mm. maybe or i I feel like color was at least and to strip all that down and just keep it as a simple white bikini that almost looks like underwear was a bold choice yeah Yeah. and white in the sun is so eye-catching really i mean Mm -hmm. yeah frankly very bright yeah so i want to go through kind of um the lingerie and the bond movies by decade yes. and tell you about my favorite looks Please. and <laughs> great so so in the 60s i have chosen as my favorite lingerie outfit it's in goldfinger jill masterson when she's first introduced to bond she is wearing a black um bra and panty and it's actually um in the 60s when you're so used to seeing a lot of high high waisted underwear and stuff she's mm-hmm. wearing a, a super cute low rise um like just bikini brief bottom but Ooh. i love this scene because it's well it's the first moment when she meets bond and she's um she's she's helping her uh the villain guy goldfinger she's helping him cheat at a game of cards and so she's um she's sitting on the balcony with the telescope looking at the other players cards and so it's like a very sneaky moment but and the guy um, she's talking to is it actually goldfinger the guy mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he has an earpiece in and like oh yeah totally the other guy yeah. playing cards with him can't see the earpiece with a cord going down his neck. <laughs> well, I think it's supposed to be like, um, if I remember, I think it's supposed to be like a hearing aid because there's like a moment when he like turns it up like I didn't hear you. Uh, but well, <laughs> but still, it's like, okay, yeah, you're, it's you're not, not bad. That. It's just funny. I think it's a very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Bond walks into that scene and delivers his, you know, his his uh, iconic line names bond james bond and and you know it goes into like a romantic scene but i love i love the simplicity of what she's wearing she looks great um and i think at the time was a little bit more progressive with the low rise um but yeah super cute she looks she looks fab so that's my choice for num for the 60s and she looks it was actually her like hair and makeup also looks pristine Yes, 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 she does. Um, And the 60s was hard because there was, I love vintage lingerie and there's a lot of 
good moments too. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me. Sorry, I love that black one. I love the the moment you're talking about. Yeah, that's it. I it's also another iconic scene. Um, okay, so 1970s. <clears throat> so we get to the 1970s, and I. This actually might be my favorite lingerie look in the entire series, <gasps> and it's yeah, you might know which one. It's Tiffany Case in <gasps> Diamonds Are Forever, Jill St. John. She um she's wearing this. Well, it's not actually the beige lingerie set that I'm in love with. Like I, I think it's fine, but it's the cover up that she wears over yes. it—the sheer black, gorgeous um, caftan type thing. Mm-hmm. That short. is, yeah, it's super short, but has long flared sleeves, um, and it's just gorgeous as like a loungy wear at home item over any 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 set of lingerie. But that I want. I want to have it remade. I would design it. I, I, it's perfect. That's my favorite piece of lingerie in the whole movie. I mean, the franchise. Yeah, I've heard you gush over it before. I was hoping yeah. this. I mean, of course, I'm always like, I want to be right. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're gonna say. But I agree. Yeah. Gorgeous, beautiful. Yeah. Um, I love and, how simple it is. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if you look at closely at like the the set that she's wearing underneath actually you can tell it's still well it's silk first of all so um I'm from my eye I'm assuming it's not stretch silk and I don't know yet if stretch silk was invented at this time but you see Mm. like how the back is a little bit bunchy on um on her butt (laughs) basically the fit how the fit of things back then it was like they didn't have stretch materials yet so you had to um basically make things large enough that they can fit over your hips or like the widest parts of your body and then you shrink it down with elastic finishing right so you yeah, get like best. these you do your best you get like bunchy either that with elastic or you have to add um like closures like buttons which can be a pain so right you 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 really notice though like those are little detail giveaways on like era I feel like Mm. of when things were made is um the type of closure and the fabrics that they use but oh I I love those details yes yeah they're details um but I love how in in Diamonds Are Forever her lingerie is still very classic it's you know it's 19 is it 1971 diamonds are forever i think so it's the beginning of the 70s remember, but 70s <laughs> surely so you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but <laughs> um but her her stuff i think is still kind of lean 60s like it's still very um it's not yet full-on 70s in mm. in my opinion i feel like and i i think it's timeless and classy and gorgeous anyway yeah, that's me gushing about her <laughs> oh thank you you're welcome. Confirmed. And also, yes, all to everything oh. you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I in the seventies though, I just want to also honorable mention. Um okay, this was really hard because um there's another look that I really love and I just love the picture of it. I sent it to you. It's Corin in Moonraker, nineteen seventy nine. She's sitting she's wearing a gorgeous slip, just a simple slip and 
Um, but it's like a nice nude beige color and it has like lace detailing under the bust. And in that scene, I think it just looks gorgeous. And she's in like this decadent bedroom, like very ornate palace style room. So just with that whole setting, she looks great. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, okay. So we get to the eighties and, oh man, there's a lot of like, (laughs) <laughs> we get There's to the 80s and moment. there are more sex scenes <laughs> surprise yeah <laughs> there are okay there's some great moments and then there's some moments i really don't like um <laughs> well it, it's it's I'll, I'll explain it in a second so my favorite look in um in the from the 80s i actually i'm a huge fan of robes and like loungewear and stuff so i actually would pick octopussy's um robe and i say this like i yes, don't please love because i have questions <laughs> yes i don't love the octopus like the draw the painting okay, good. itself that's basically my yeah. question <laughs> and that's like the thing about this robe but i love 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 the cut of the robe it has two high slits like all the way up to her thighs um i'm which loving you the don't slits. even yeah like you don't even often think about putting slits in a robe because it closes in the front like it's right it's basically a slit in the front already but this one has side like it feels like there's no function for a side slit so why would you exactly but it's so right exactly it is beautiful because they go all the way up to her like panty all the way up to her hips you see it from the side shot like they're high and the octopus isn't like uh, it's not the most attractive octopus but that's why but I it's love because this. it's not the most attractive octopus <laughs> yeah. like you could have done an octopus that would have been fantastic yeah like but. maybe not the blue and yellow or something but I love the I the the, the meaning of, of it and it's her name and the iconicism I don't know if that's the right word <laughs> it's iconic it is iconic um so I had to mention that one um I was wondering but, because that's one that people mention a lot that's like it's it's one of the few things that was replicated and sold by mm-hmm. whoever the bond companies trust to sell yeah. those things. Um, and I always wondered, like, why is this such a fan favorite? Because for my eye, the cut is gorgeous, of course. And clearly any silk robe, I agree. I'm a fan of a silk robe. But the octopus is not for me. I mean, we're going to have people shouting at the phones for sure, being like, I love the <laughs> octopus. Um, yeah. And not to give you a terrible voice. That's just my habit. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm glad we were, able, we're talking about this because I wondered. I don't think it's a universally yeah. perfect it's octopus. Of, we'll put yeah. it that, like that it's, way. It's obviously, I think, a lot more like because of its symbolism in the movie right, is the what's context. so attractive about it yeah but but if you take it out of the movie it's like do you really uh, is it that <laughs> actually a beautiful beautiful piece of painting <laughs> i don't know but um but i again like it's it's iconic and probably the most iconic robe that is in the move in the in the franchise, franchise yeah the, uh, yeah the other one i can think of in the 80s decade is um stacy sutton in a view to a kill now this is my favorite because I like her a like, micro slutty yeah. short. <laughs> I like I it. love it. Give yeah. me a mini any day. I'm a '60s mini girl. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's cute. It's very cute. Um, yeah. Super short and fits her character. Fits her kind of like really feminine bedroom aesthetic too. I don't know I, if I, I agree that it super... fits her character. If I mean it fits 
the way they made oh, yeah. her look. Yeah. Well, okay. So we we have to we have to designate because her character is like two different things <laughs> in the movie, right? We've talked <laughs> about true. this. We're like what her character her actual like, character character would do should do is not quite what she does most of the time in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's like the I don't know how do how do we designate this? There's like there are the aspects of her character that seem like, "Oh, that's her character." And there are the aspects that are like this is what has been run away with in the film that we also can now call her character because the film's already made. That's the character. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it fits into the second one. It fits okay. into the second one, the like, I don't, I, I don't know, in my opinion, the like male okay. gazy, the like, you know. E- yeah, it's definitely that, yeah. But I'm thinking. But I love it. Her- so that aside. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking um, like the way that they dressed her, uh, her house, her bedroom. Yeah. Um, like it's it, with, I think there were frilly pillow, like ruffled pillows. Okay, the and feminine aspect. Like, sure. Yeah, the feminine. Yeah. And so like a short, silky, blush colored robe kind of in my eyes fit that. But it's not really written her character's not really written in that way so i i see your point like it's more like these little i'm just thinking about yeah i'm thinking about the moment where she like is suddenly up and uh, and around in this robe like (laughs) full makeup Makeup. maybe the most makeup anyone's ever worn in any scene in a bond movie her hair is maybe the most hairsprayed anyone's hair has ever been in any scene i mean it's a very 80s so we get it it's extra we're going extra we're in the 80s her skirt the 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 bottom of the robe is so short it's like she can be not moving and you're like is that your butthole a little bit poking out a little bit like outside of her moving like imagine just imagine she takes a step that that changes everything and you know it's just so like short. she doesn't really know him that well is this this is the morning after they yeah, slept together or true. just before they sleep together no they didn't sleep together yet exactly yeah. that's my memory my memory is they haven't even slept together yet and she's just like oh no this is me scientist intelligent like <laughs> fighting for the planet waking up in the morning with a man here and she's like defending herself she like isn't taking his help most of the time and then this happens yeah. and you're like hold on is she <laughs> like is she trying to seduce him because that i would get and like no <laughs> Like yeah, they end up having sex, sure. but just because it's not like a seduction thing. So I love it as a standalone thing. And clearly, like like we've said about the character, like the movie, the end product film has its own version of her character that is a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in that, you know, that character wears this. So I guess she would. <laughs> but uh, But I love it either way. I'm like, I... Yeah don't know if I'd wear it in that context either but like around the house <laughs> with my boyfriend or just being my like sassy bitch self when I want to on a happy Sunday yeah. like amen totally. I would wear this shit oh yeah I I would too it's yeah I was cute. gonna say I'm sure you would too I think we're together uh, yeah <laughs> so in in the same movie though um Pola Ivanova is the other bond girl but she she's uh, it's it's a much smaller character i don't know the if one with the remember. white tank top when she first yes like she unzips yeah. her her uh her white suit, suit yeah. and she has a dry white tank top 
Yeah. <laughs> Hair perfect. Love it. Yeah. Love it. You know, those moments. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not even in the movie, I don't think. But there's these oh. promo shots of when she is, um, I guess, I don't know why they do this because you're like, oh, I expect to see that in the movie. But they, right. they have these pictures of where she's wearing this like black and red corset with like oh, that's her. lace gloves. Yeah, that's her holding right. a gun. And uh, <laughs> that's what I would, wanted to say is probably my least favorite um, lingerie look. Oh, it looks very Which, tacky, but in like a fun way. Yeah, I still like. A I fun wish way. it's like if this was a deleted fun. scene, I wish they kept it in just so I could see it. It would never have yeah. made my best list, though. I, I, yeah, I would love to see that. Like you see how like the underwear is like bunchy too. It, it's all kinds of wrong, but <laughs> but Dude, I, I let enjoy me tell it. you, I don't know about you, but as two nineties uh, babies, my yeah. first tell me glimpses of lingerie like when I was little were 80s lingerie yeah just because if my mom had anything in a drawer I happened to find or if I was looking at movies that were made at that point or or whatever if I happened to get a glimpse of lingerie before the age of 10 it was all more like 80s leaning lingerie so what True, yeah. this image of what she's wearing was essentially things like this were my first introduction into what lingerie is and I yeah, sure. was not like stoked about lingerie from the beginning <laughs> yeah, because of that. Cause it just doesn't look like, wow, that's a great thing to wear. I mean, I, I kind of like that <laughs> she's wearing gloves. That's fun, but yeah, that's fun. It's definitely something that needed to evolve. Like at least for, for our age range, people who had a similar experience to us in that way. Like I didn't start yeah, loving sure. lingerie until we got more into the nineties, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Or watching older movies like the 60s, whatever. Yeah, it was because I love old, like, vintage lingerie aesthetic. Right. And then the I think once, like, synthetic fabrics and stuff and, like, nylon. Well, nylon's already existed. I was going to say, like, nylon lace usage. Like, or I guess also nylon lace already existed, too. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is when when syn- when the revolution of like synthetic fibers and manufacturing things for cheap and right. um you know like big scale manufacturing started taking off it was it kind of cheapened the how your lingerie was made and looks yeah. and all of it you know so i think this the late 70s to the 80s was kind of the start of all of that Right. And like and America runs wearing. on business and biz and lingerie right. became a businessable thing at that point. Oh, yeah. So like, yeah, like bada boom, let's make it cheap and let's make it. Yeah. Like before, I think it was much more artisanal and qua- crafted and, right. um, you know, there's a lot, a lot more care into your like special, like special dressing, like lingerie, special occasion lingerie and stuff like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But but. So yeah, in the seventies, late late seventies, eighties, like you did start to see the shape of bras changing. Um, oh, you know, they were more right. structured cups, and um, it wasn't. It, you had hook and eye closures, or like just more fasteners that were specific to lingerie instead of utilizing like string or buttons or ribbon or something like that. So, mm. um, so I thought that was interesting, and. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. <laughs> wow. So then we get to the 90s and 
it was hard for me to decide what to put here because <laughs> 90s is Brosnan era Bond. And I'm, I was trying to think, you know, I'm doing all of this off of memory, like trying to remember which lingerie moments there are in mm-hmm. what movies. Um, and the one most, I think, iconic in my mind was Paris Carver in Tomorrow Never Dies. And it's basically a scene where he's re- um, Bond is reunited with like an old love affair um love interest and and they have sex but he she he unzips her dress and you just see from the back view she's wearing just high-waisted panties so no bra and and black stockings and it's very simple it's like oh i like a that. super simple look but it's yeah but it's stunning it looks gorgeous on her um i like that she's not wearing a bra with her like whatever gown she had on that had like a wide wide neck so you probably wouldn't need a bra anyway or couldn't wear a bra um but i thought that shot was very like memorable yeah i chose that one i love that yeah i mean the 90s also like we have mm -hmm. grid lingerie but i think that's the well maybe i'm wrong what is the era in movies where they started really leaning into the sheet just above the tit thing you know like <laughs> good the, question I that started getting really popular at a certain time and like every single movie was like the sheet just across my nipple the sheet just across I, my nipple i didn't know that was like a thing in time why well, like maybe me, it's not but, but yeah it, i guess no it could be it's just in my opinion it feels like a thing in time like it doesn't feel like mm-hmm. that was always how every sex scene worked but at a certain point oh, sure it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you see the beginnings of undressing cut to the sheet over the boob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it was like, um, I feel like regulations of like, uh, yeah, could be like maybe ratings regulations got like looser and they're like, oh, you can show like have suggestions that she's naked under the sheet. I don't know. You know, Maybe someday like we'll that. find that out someday through our slow but consistent research into clothing through films through the years. We will find out why. <laughs> Uh we will have this answer there has to be a reason like what you're saying there totally has to be some subtle reason why things shifted in that way interesting i know Um, i think the marilyn monroe era was when the first time they started having a person who was like so suggestively naked in mainstream films at least Mm -hmm. in the u.s like the i'm referencing the sheet concept is like so suggestively naked so i think it started around there but i think my understanding was that it was still quite shocking anyway yeah curious (laughs) um so okay so yeah in the 90s um you know the lingerie trend okay so the other thing about paris carver she's wearing high-waisted panties which i love and in the 90s you know that was when like high leg string bikini bottoms like the super super high leg high cut style was like the thing Wow, that's so, interesting because I, when I think of the 90s, I think I automatically think later into the 90s because I okay, was more alive me. and conscious <laughs> yeah. as I was getting older. Um, and later into the 90s, it goes down, right? Because by the end of the 90s, we're doing like the super low, low, low rise. rise. But you're right. At the start of the 90s, it was still like I always think of that as 80s. I think of the really high high cut leg as an 80s. I mean, you. Okay. I guess if we wanted to be specific on the years, clearly it's both. <laughs> Yeah, it, it it's a transition for sure. Right. Like, if you think about, like, Baywatch when we were kids and they're... Right, they still had it. One piece high. They were super high. Yeah. And um, and oh, some of my Baywatch favorite, ended. like... 
Oh, good question. Some of my favorite lingerie moments are from like 90s movies. So if you think about Salma Hayek and from Dust Till Dawn, for example, doing her um, yes. her strip tee. Well, she's not strip. She's just in bra and, and panty, but like that. Or um, Julia Roberts wore some great lingerie in Pretty Woman. Um, and Showgirls, I think, was another one that they, they all have. Well, I don't know what the years. I think those are all still like early to mid nineties. None of them are late nineties. Have and they have um, like super high leg, yeah, style, yeah. But yeah, um, in Bond though. But those were so the extremes. Was... Like through the nineties, we saw every length of hip cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started from the top. Now we're here. So AKA oh yeah 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 cut. exactly. So. So the next decade, the 2000s, I struggled because I don't remember any any um, Bond lingerie moments. Well, maybe and that's what we're thinking about then. Maybe the 2000s are when they cut straight to the sheet stuff. Oh, could be. It's like they're they're just naked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just like skin shots, about- sheet mm-hmm. over the nip. Like Miranda Frost and Die Another Day, she just unzips her dress and she's naked under the bed sheets. Like I don't, yep, exactly. I don't think she was wearing, yeah, exactly that, yeah, sheet over the tits. And um, and in the so in the two thousands, the only Bond movies were uh, Die Another Day, um, Casino Royale, and then Quantum of Solace. And that's two thousand two, two thousand six, two thousand eight. Wow. And I don't think you see lingerie in either of the two daniel craig ones so again correct me if i'm wrong you guys but i couldn't remember in my brain so i skipped the 2000s and then i picked two looks that i liked from the 2010s well your 2000s choice is just a sheet it's just a sheet that's basically (laughs) all i have (laughs) whichever sheet is the prettiest that's the choice Oh god! Oh, maybe I can say um, Miranda Frost's like sports bra thing that she's like fighting, doing the fencing stuff, and um, in the last scene on the plane with. Uh, I mean, if there isn't anything else, I guess you could. There do isn't Baltimore, anything right? else. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the 2010s, you get some great laundry moments, and this is another favorite of mine. But Monica Bellucci, yes, Inspector. <laughs> Yes, gorgeous. It's like, why didn't we get just a little bit more time with that? Because you see... It still bothers me. I know, right? Yeah. It's so intricate um, and beautiful, but it's like, not only is it such a short amount of time, we're in like like darkness and wider shots and like, mm -hmm. just give me more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I fully agree. And there's some good promo still or like behind the scenes stills shots of it but um but still you don't get to see all the detail and i know that there's detail it's like a full-on beautiful corset that has like ruffling around the bust and yeah and she's got the stockings on and everything and i i actually i wonder if it's agent provocateur it reminds me of like mm. an agent provocateur corset but if there's someone out there that can identify it for me let me know because yeah. i really want to know you know, um, I, when we started to do this episode, when we decided to do this episode, we we kind of knew that it was going to be Elma talking through a lot of the looks and not me because I haven't seen as many of the films. Like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm the one who's new here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, You're my little student. Yeah, I'm the little student. Um, and 
I was thinking like, well, originally one of the iterations we were trying to do a, a top five for both of us. And I just didn't know enough context of lingerie shots. But one that kept coming to my mind was that Monica Bellucci one. Like so I good. really like it. it's a moment that it's of all the Bond lingerie moments. It really feels like it's the closest to an actual like lingerie moment and not just the moment yeah. before sex, you know? yeah sure yeah that's a good point um yeah because it's often just moment before sex yeah male gaze what you know dressing for him i mean she is well i don't know how you would think like is she she's she's just such a glamorous person that she's wearing a full-on corset under her funeral outfit right like that's just how she rolls that's how it feels (laughs) to me this is just how she rolls and i'm like yes yeah, it's almost like she's getting so... dressed up for anything. She wants to look nice, even though it's a funeral. She wants to look, look nice for the funeral moment just the mm-hmm. same. And she's going to do it head to toe, even if no one ever sees any of the other parts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you about the type of um, the type of woman or the level that she holds herself at mm-hmm. or the respect that she has for herself. Yes. Kind of, you know, it exactly. Tells you about that, the think. respect that she has for herself. This isn't for anyone else to see but me, but I want this mm-hmm. is my projection to the world. This is my right. How I want to feel. Yes. And I love that about lingerie. Yes. <laughs> Both of us are getting heated. <laughs> heated. Yeah. And the last one that I want to mention is also in the twenty um, is in 2012. So in Skyfall, Corinne Gils, uh, I'm sorry, Corinne Gilson is the lingerie designer. Mm-hmm. Severin, um, the Bond girl, wears this gorgeous Corinne Gilson robe, and yes. it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful work. Like I probably would have picked different colors <laughs> as a picky lingerie designer. I I don't think I would have gone with the uh, the white or the ivory color. Um, and then the black lace, I probably would have picked a different color for her, but it's stunning. It's a beautiful piece of clothing making. Like all of that is hand, um, when I say hand done, it's still done by machine, but it's someone ma- manning the machine by hand. Um, Thank you for designating working. that. Cause <laughs> like, yeah. I know that because I've sewn before, but I can imagine if I hadn't <laughs> being like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. So like when I say handmade lingerie, it's still you're using a machine, but it's not mass produced. And it's um, one person is doing all of the work of um, carefully stitching all of the lace so that it looks like, you know, the floral, the floral motifs are like all outlined beautifully. Like that takes so much work. And I do that in a lot of my lingerie, too. Applique, right? Sometimes. Yes. Applique. Yeah. (laughs) So I appreciate that. And as a garment, it's gorgeous. I would love that just hanging in my closet so I can look at it and stare at it all day. Um, but I thought that was another, yeah, great, great moment in in a Bond movie um, of lingerie. I agree. I think that robe is gorgeous. I think, I don't know if this is just so left field, but I would love if moving forward, I guess this is just how I feel in general with the Bond stuff. Like we have established so much timeless, iconic looks so many Mm -hmm. it would be nice if they gave us a little bit more variety like not that it would be not timeless not iconic I want to keep on of course it's it's so important to the franchise that things stay timeless feeling and iconic feeling as much as possible but give us a little bit more variety because at at this point it's starting to feel like 
yeah, you're just showing me what a basic this is. This is what a basic evening gown For is. For sure. This is what a basic silk robe is. This is what a basic... Yeah. Like, bond is more than basic. Set, like, be the trend setter. Give us a, a shape or a design or something that feels still iconic and timeless, but is like, wow, oh my gosh. You know? Yeah, I totally feel that. Because when I was looking um, at pictures for this, researching for this episode, I was like, hmm, there's a lot of beige silk exactly just based (laughs) and like black underwear or beige silk robes beige silk robes slips just the silky Mm -hmm. things yeah it's like almost always the same color beige Mm -hmm. you're so right like they could add more color they could add more shape or yeah definitely i think they could step it up a notch in the lingerie department and like this is no shade because there are clearly there's a lot of red tape when it comes to like yeah costume design for a bond movie like you've probably got to have 500 people's opinions on that. I uh-huh. I wouldn't want to be in that position. That sounds terribly difficult. But hopefully as we start to evolve and move forward, we're allowed to voice our wishes. And this is my wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we were discussing what we wanted to talk about on this episode about lingerie, we Elma and I went into this whole, this whole discussion about why we love lingerie and what we really want from the Bond franchise. So it's funny, obviously, I'm just going to instinctually be like, we want more of this from the Bond franchise. <laughs> um, but I think another another thing we discussed that I have to bring up that we so, I definitely want, I think you agree, is I would mm-hmm. love more moments that are, like to me, lingerie is absolutely about a special intimate thing for yourself it makes you feel empowered and incredible and like sometimes after you have it on and you feel incredible you want to show it off and you want people to see it and like that's fantastic but the point of the lingerie is to have this it's not the thing you wear every single day it's the thing that you are delicate with and you keep in a special case in a special place and when you take it out Mm. oh it's going to be a special moment a special day whatever and when you put it on it feels so beautiful and you look in the mirror and you really appreciate your body and love the way you feel and look and get to like admire the beauty of who you are I think yes we we so in recent times we try to separate how someone looks from how from everything else from how they feel from all from their self-esteem but like there is something about really indulging in and enjoying the human shallow experience of how you look like beauty is so fantastic we want to indulge in beauty (laughs) sometimes and not just have it be about the soul and who you are as a person underneath like that's fantastic but we we are allowed beauty as humans on this planet let's be greek meaning like greek old greek mythology (laughs) like indulge in it and that's to me where lingerie exists it makes you feel so good about your body and yourself from the soul but it really lets you have that indulging in yourself feeling and yeah we're saying we want more of this yeah in the bond franchise because until now it seems like in most movies too this isn't just bond a lot of lingerie moments in films most i think i can say at definitely I know majority are like yeah it's about like the guy looking at a girl's lingerie or looking at a girl in lingerie or a girl trying to make some sort of like male gazy statement by wearing a certain lingerie like oh I had lingerie on under this because I want to have sex with you or something like you know something Mm -hmm. that like yeah 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 the girls the the character is the one like doing it but also 
it doesn't really feel like it's authentically coming from that purposeful place of lingerie that I think most women can relate to. Um, and not to say that it's bad to like have these other moments, but it's unfortunate that you try to think of a movie example of essentially what we were just, what I was just laying out that Elma and I had talked about before. And you, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to think of. I, nothing comes to mind really. I'm sure there are some scenes, but I, yeah, no, you're totally right. Like I, I obviously I love both. Like there's also the aspect of dressing for the man or the guy that you love, or you know there there is that too. But often lingerie for is for me um, about dressing for myself. Yeah, and and I think the dressing I, for the guy comes secondary. Like you do it for yourself. It, yes, and because yes, yes. you got to feel exactly. that beauty and goodness. But then sometimes. Most of the time, frankly, once you feel that good, you're like, oh, who can I show this to? I'm incredible. Look <laughs> at know, me. No, you're so right. Yes, <laughs> totally true. Let me give That's you a so gift true. of taking this in with your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, ex- that's actually exactly where, where the place that it comes from. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a really good example I thought was um, kind of showcasing how this lingerie, how it makes you feel or how um, how it, it's a personal moment between you and what you're about to put on is yeah. Have you ever seen The Night Manager? No. It was an AMC. Oh, it's good. It's um, it was an AMC miniseries. I think it was a British oh. uh, production, but it has Tom Hiddleston as the lead <gasps> oh. with uh huh Olivia <laughs> Coleman. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> uh, I love her. I, I love her, and um, and then also Elizabeth Deb- Debicki. Debicki. Mm, I'm not sure. The I'd have tall. To you'll recognize when you see her. Okay. But, um, she is, or it, and it's her getting dressed in this moment of like, just in a moment of stillness by herself in her room, oh. trying on different lingerie outfits, like literally for no one. Yes. Um, and it's just her getting ready. And I thought it was beautifully shot. And the reason I think it was, it's like, it becomes so clear after I realized this, but the director was a woman. <gasps> Shit, I should of look course. up her name. Of course, but because um, she it gets it, female t- I think a man. Yeah, she men, gets it. A lot of times, men don't like get that what we just described, and it's like, how could they if they didn't know? And clearly, the movies aren't showing it to them. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I. Oh, I should tell you what the show is about. It's about um, <laughs> kind of like, uh, it's a little bit spy-ish. It's uh, Tom Hiddleston is like working with um, MI6 or some British government agency uh, going undercover oh and it has Hugh Laurie in it he's the bad guy um and and he's going trying to um, infiltrate Hugh Laurie it's like um uh weapons manufacturing um uh stuff (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember it's it's from a few years ago but it's good if you don't know the detailed words for weapons manufacturing business (laughs) stuff like that's a good thing so you're fine (laughs) He's a yeah, he's a war warlord. Anyway, um uh so I sent you this is the video clip I sent you if you wanted to take okay, a look. Yeah, let me watch it. Wow. Yes. That scene <laughs> that scene is exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you for remembering that and yes. sharing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I every time there's a lingerie moment on in a show, in a movie, anything, um, I'm like, okay, I need to bookmark this in my brain and come back to it because I love there few you know, it's kind of few and far between, like lingerie. Yeah, you don't yeah. often see it. So I when when it and when it's done really well, I really appreciate it. And I thought in right. the night manager it 
captures all the things that you were saying like dressing because it feels special to you yeah for no one else and and also I'm pretty sure all of that is La Perla lingerie like Oof. I remember that collection it's like the tea rose collection oh my gosh you know very everything high quality <laughs> I do my my market research for sure but it's like just some of the finest lingerie you know like three to five hundred dollars for a pair of panties like expensive wow. stuff but you can see you can see the craftsmanship. It really rep- yeah, you can see the quality and the yeah. luxury, luxuriousness, for sure. Wow, man, I'm in. So, so this is what I think. I'm speaking for both of us. So tell me if I'm wrong. This is what we would like to see more of from the Bond franchise and all movies really moving forward. Is a little bit mm-hmm. more of the. I mean, more depth in sex scenes almost is is sort of what we're asking for. Depth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it it doesn't it's it's not just a fleeting moment of okay and then they they had sex and you know that there was a relationship there like something you know it's it's the I like the the art of the sensuality like showing the sensuality and yep just taking a little bit more time in like the mood setting I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like we've seen that we've not that we've seen the opposite. We've seen these quick sex scenes. We've seen the suggestive this where it's just like a literal two second and it cuts to or we've seen the scenes that is like a good three minutes lingering on just random bits of skin and people moaning and like, OK, we get it. You're mm-hmm. having sex <laughs> that usually always end up feeling to me, at least they usually it just becomes kind of uncomfortable. You're like, do you still need to be showing us this? Like you're not saying anything new. You're not telling it in a new way it's rare that i think people do those kind of scenes in a way yeah, that is, is good these days yeah it just is kind of yeah. like oh so are you one of those creepy directors also that just wanted to like keep your actors doing this and have a disproportionate amount of time spent in the like <laughs> on somebody's arm skin just so that you can keep the moaning in i don't know all of this is my opinion not to say sometimes it's done very well and those movies stand out and you're like wow so yeah, they knew it can how. be really sexy too right yeah but when it's, you're just trying to like mock a sexy a well-done film in a like a weird you're like well just yeah. you know <laughs> tell the story you don't need to be um, tell the story exactly. like we've seen all these things we've seen the male perspective of sex pretty much we've pretty much seen the gamut of the male perspective of sex Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much of the emotional male perspective, since that's clearly been a bit hidden mm-hmm. from society till now as well. Yeah. But like we've pretty much seen the gamut. And, you know, we've talked about this a million times, but it's because a lot of the filmmakers, writers, directors, creators in in content up until now have been men. So, of course, we've seen that experience. That's great. But can we see more of the woman's experience? And I think... I think no one can deny, I think everyone knows that a woman's experience of sex is equally sexy to the man and the woman or the other woman, if it's a gay relationship or whatever. Like the man's experience of sex seems to be not always sexy to women and men, (laughs) but the woman's experience of sex, like truly deeply, like the good experience of sex is sexy to all parts. So why all parties so why don't we (laughs) can we embrace more women writers directors whatever when it comes to sex scenes like hell yeah can we all be happy about it (laughs) (laughs) i love that i love that i agree i agree 
you know, it's like, I don't, I'm certainly don't want to go on some deep tangent, but I just have to mention, like, I think all of this does, there's an interesting, at least shallow connection between all of this and the, the porn industry in general. The, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of issues I have with the porn industry because unfortunately like so much of it has to do with sex trafficking and people being kind of forced to do things and like doing things because they're they need the money to survive i mean there's there's so much more empowered exploited yes there's so much more empowered sex work that is being is happening now like in the past i want to say five years we've been starting to see that which is fantastic and it's like a whole separate conversation but when I it see is, yeah, it really is, <laughs> but when we see, when I look at a lot of these movies and, and the sex scenes in them, since we're doing this lingerie and sex scenes episode, it, a lot of it just makes me think about the unfortunate side to like the sex industry really. And I feel like mm-hmm. if we could have, if our media are like central media, like film and television that a large population watches had more of this woman's perspective active and conscious and alive in the moment. We had real women doing, showing the woman's side, showing the woman's, not just like the shallow, like showing the woman's pleasure, AKA make sure she moans a lot in the scene. Like, come on, like really (laughs) showing the woman's pleasure, the woman's mind perspective and visual Mm -hmm. and all this. I think if we had more of that, it would be hugely helpful trickling all the way down to these really manipulative systems that are enslaving people and women in majority, like a vast majority all over there for sure. It really does start there and it helps people to have healthier mindsets with this. And I think that's why we have things like, like negative, well, I don't know how, like, porn addiction that's in a bad way I don't I guess if it's called addiction it's always a negative but you know what I mean like beyond enjoyment but like to a point where it's like a negative and it's an addiction all of these things are coming from this like separating humanity and mostly women from sex and like Mm -hmm. so let's start with these big content that can help shape our minds and let us see sex as women being present too. And I just, I really feel like across the board that helps that really, that's going to change the world when we start seeing many more uh, expressions of sex in media that empower and show the woman and her, her view actually. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that that makes absolute sense. It's oh, it's good. comes back to that thing about you need to see, like it needs to be represented, right, right. in the way you know on screen and in our media, and then like we've built a society all... where people react the way they think it's normal and okay to react. So what we tell people right. is normal and okay really matters, and that's what media does basically. Like ever since. The, permission yeah like ever since the 90s the society we look to that's dictating our rules has been movies and tv like before that okay mm-hmm. it was maybe the church it was maybe different like people mm-hmm. who were really like rich in the society or like business people in the 80s but now ever since about the 90s it's been media that shows us what is okay and not okay socially so it does matter like it's not to say that you see someone do something terrible you're going to go do something terrible but it shapes what what people think is okay and not okay and how they should right. be or not be what's acceptable 
Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Tangent City. Yeah. You know I love to talk about this stuff. I could go off and I've started I to. I love that you brought it up. Well, thank you. I love that you brought it up because it does make sense. And like, we, it's not something we're often thinking about when we watch these movies True. and we see a sex scene, you know? But yeah, totally um, makes sense. I I think that would be great if if just media in general can shift like that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and I have to say, like, props though. <laughs> Props, like I'm definitely a kid of the '90s yeah. too. <laughs> um, <laughs> kudos to uh, <laughs> to the Bond franchise for having that sex scene with Monica Bellucci because we also so rarely see women of different ages who get to have sex scenes, and like clearly she's an absolute on fire fox, hot, beautiful woman. So you're so yeah, right. But also, Dude. like, thank you for giving us someone who's not 19. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because do you know you watched Watchmen and loved it, yes. right? Yes. As I did. Amen. And Regina King in that, yes. like she talks about, she's great. First of all, I want to be her. Um, yes. But she talks about how, like, I've watched interviews with her mm-hmm. about that, and she's like, I didn't get to do sex scenes like that, and like at her age, and um, like she was just really stoked to have had an opportunity to like show that on screen you're so right and she's I don't know her age but she's older now so (laughs) you know it was it was a it was a big deal and that could be part of the whole part of the conversation too is like so many of our sex scenes have women who are like average age of 21 maybe and Mm -hmm. you know a lot of women in our current society still don't really know what they like at that age so yeah it's harder to have more of the empowered female perspective of sex if if most characters we see having sex are that age. Yeah, unfortunately. I hear that. But like it's also I still hold media responsible though like but it's your job to start changing that. Make it normal for women to start getting to know <laughs> their sel- themselves and their sexuality younger that we should. We should be more comfortable and and looking into that and not just feeling shameful and hiding it away until we're 35 or whatever on average. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, so many yeah. lovely things. I love these conversations. <laughs> I know. <laughs> me too. Yeah. No, that was fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. We hope you enjoyed this. Thank you for being patient through my rant, my lovely rant. <laughs> and Elma, thank you for sharing us so much incredible historical information i'm like <laughs> buzzing i want to hear more i'm i'm thinking of all these kind of episodes we could do based on that and if any of you at home oh, okay. have any ideas please comment on our instagram at dressed to kill pod that's where we love to hear from you and and if you like this kind of stuff we would love to do more let us know mm-hmm. yeah this was fun this was i mean so i could fun. talk lingerie all day so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we love it uh, guys, mm-hmm. check out Elma's Instagram for lingerie inspiration. Oh, thanks. Even though Valentine's Day has passed, it's never too late for your lingerie. <laughs> yeah, which especially is especially the amount of time we're all spending at home these days. Yes. But you can find me at Elma Lingerie, all one word. Um, and I post a lot on my stories about how the lingerie is actually made. So, yeah, a lot of great history stuff. Elma does great like craftsmanship details <laughs> and history related things. And movies. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and movies too. Yeah. And movies. Um, well, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it like we did. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye.